0: Hello, future fans, and welcome to Future Flicks with Billiam. This is episode 80. Technically, it's episode 90, but for those 10 episodes that aren't counted, they took place before the time I decided that every episode, be it a normal episode or a one-shot or an awards show, was just going to get numbered. So those didn't officially have a number, so I'm not counting that to the road to 100, which we are currently on. It's like the road to WrestleMania, but it's going to last a little longer. Well, anyway, we have a big week ahead of us. We have a little news, not that many trailers, but we have a lot of movies to mention. This is the week of February 23rd, 2018, and this is episode 80 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show welcome like i said this is future flicks with billiam thus that implies I am Billiam, since I'm the only one talking. That is right. This is a one-man show. The only one-man show on the somewhat nerdy podcast network. How do I do it? A lot of crying in between takes. That's really what happens. No, that's not what happens. Just a lot of pausing to collect my thoughts. That's more like it. that That's really what happens. Well, if you are a return listener, as always, thank you for your support. And if you're a new listener, then let me tell you a little bit about what I do on this show. On this show, I go over every movie that's coming out during the week, I tell you what it's about, I tell you who's in it, I tell you my thoughts on it, and then I give it a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, or the Bill Score. That score can go anywhere from a 0 to the terrible movies, to an 11 for those that bring it up that extra notch. The show always starts out with some news, then we go into the trailer trove, where I talk about all the new trailers that I've noticed, and then we get into the movies, So how do you find this show? Well, you're already listening, so good job there. But you can also find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, the Somewhat Nerdy website that is somewhatnerdy.com, and any podcast listening app. If for some reason you can't find us, any of us on the network, on your preferred app, let us know. Send us a message going, hey, I like this specific podcast app and you're not on it. Please fix that and we will get right on it. And how do you get in contact with me? Well, you can email me at billiumreviews at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can also leave a comment on this very podcast. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud or on the Somewhat Nerdy website or our Facebook page. And with that out of the way, we can get into the first segment, which as always, is the news. According to Collider, Danny Boyle is in talks to helm Bond 25. This is the movie that should really be Daniel Craig's final Bond film. A lot of people thought the last movie would be Daniel Craig's final Bond film, as he said, the only thing that would make him do it again was more money. Well, guess what they threw at him? Buckets and buckets of cash. Originally, they wanted Jan DeMange to direct the movie. He was the director of the movie 71, and a new director was needed, of course, after Sam Mendes announced that he would not be returning for a third movie. The Sam Mendes Bonds, in my oh-so-humble opinion, are some of the best Bond movies ever, if not the two best. In news that's also loosely tied to Sam Mendes... This coming to us from Deadline, the live-action Pinocchio movie has a new director. Paul King, director of Paddington and Paddington 2, has stepped up to the plate. This after Sam Mendes walked away. And remember, a while back, I mentioned that Jessica Chastain was interested in playing an adult Beverly in the sequel for It? Well, she's now officially in talks. This according to Variety, though nothing is confirmed yet. Andy Muschietti is in talks to return as director, and Bill Skarsgård is set to return as Pennywise. I, for one, think Jessica Chastain would make a fantastic adult Beverly, and I can't wait to see the rest of the cast. Black Panther officially has the second biggest four-day opening in box office history. This from The Wrap. The newest Marvel movie had a $242 million weekend, pushing The Last Jedi to number three for four-day opening box office numbers. Collider wrote a similar article, but instead of focusing on the four-day weekend, they focused on the opening as a whole, and Black Panther is in fifth. Speaking of The Last Jedi, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the latest installment in the Star Wars franchise is coming to Blu-ray, of course, but here's the news. It will feature 14 deleted scenes. Will this make Star Wars fanboys suddenly like the movie? No, because they have dark hearts and nothing but hatred in their souls. And nothing can make those beady-eyed bastards like anything new. And of course, that beady-eyed bastards comment applies to all of the Star Wars fanboys out there who just hate anything new, except Danger. Because A, I wouldn't classify him as a fanboy, and B, I just love that guy oh so much. He says I have the amazing voice, but Danger has the amazing voice. Let's all be honest there. That is it for the news. Let's step into the next segment, which will bring everyone's favorite intro music. That's right. It's time for the Trailer Trove. Avast and welcome to the Trailer Trove. Guess what's getting its own Amazon TV show? The Dangerous Book for Boys, of course. If you would never have guessed that, I don't blame you. I would never have guessed that. We got a first look at it, and it looks much better than I thought it would. Of course, upon hearing that a handbook was being turned into a movie, I I didn't have high hopes. Or not, not a movie, but a TV show. And we have another TV show trailer, and it's actually a teaser trailer, but it was so interesting that I wanted to talk about it. This is for a YouTube Red, of all things, a YouTube Red series called Cobra Kai. That sounds familiar? Then you have good taste because you've seen The Karate Kid. This stars William Zabka and Ralph Macchio. That's right. This takes place after The Karate Kid, 30 years after in fact, and Johnny is reopening the Cobra Kai Dojo, which brings him head-to-head with Daniel once again. And if you have never seen that video about why Daniel is a true bad guy in The Karate Kid and Johnny is the good guy, then watch the video. It makes a really good point. Well, that's all I noticed for the news and the trailers. And, you know, as always, if I miss anything, then just let me know. Go, hey, Billiam, you big lummox, you didn't talk about this trailer. You missed this news story. What is wrong with you? And then I will bow my head in shame. I will say, I am sorry, sir or missus or them or whoever has said something. I am sorry. And I will talk about it in the next episode. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get into the first section of movies, and before we do that, guess what time it is? It is time for the first break, so please stay tuned for a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned.
1: Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day life? Do your family or co-workers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy.
0: Somewhat Nerdy Radio.
1: Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good Good journey, journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app or stream us at SomewhatNerdy.com. Good journey, nerds.
0: Wasn't that a nice new one from Somewhat Nerdy Radio? I put all these in in posts, so I don't know which one I chose. But whatever it is, it was great. Good Because it's from the Somewhat Nerdy Radio guys, and they are f***ing fantastic. Or, if you will, fan f***ing-tastic. Which is why the word f***ing is one of the best words ever, because you can put it anywhere in a sentence, and it just makes a sentence better. It makes a sentence f***ing better. Yeah, I didn't swear a lot in the past couple episodes, so I'm trying to get my swearity numbers up. That's right, this show is technically a swearity. Just like the Watch Your Mouth podcast, they are the ones who inspired me, so instead of coming up with my own charities and being original, I just piggyback off them. Why did this guy from California randomly donate to some Louisiana charity? The Watch Your Mouth podcast. That's why. I'm sorry, of course, that's not the point. I mean, you're you're helping people. My fiance just let me know about a roll doll charity. That anytime you purchase a roll doll book, some of the proceeds get donated to a charity for children, children's hospital charity. And that's only in the UK, but still, that's cool. You may not be helping someone in your home state, but you're still helping people. And that's pretty badass. So go out there and buy a roll doll book. Why don't you? Read. You know, I do a podcast on books too if I thought anyone would listen. But books take up so much time. Like even a short book, it takes. A longer commitment than a movie does, because a movie, even a really long one, you're just committing to three, like at worst, three something hours. Most of the time, an hour and a half to two hours, and that's easy peasy lemon squeezy. But anyway, let's talk about the movies, and I'm going to continue this straight to VOD or very limited release section, just because I want to talk about these movies and mention them, just so you know, just in case. Who knows? Maybe one of these movies will strike a chord with you, and you're like, wow. That really does sound good. Anyway, the following movies, I'm just going to give you the premise. That's it. The name and the premise. So if it sounds good, look it up. But these movies are either straight to video on demand, straight to DVD, Blu-ray, or so limited that it's like a theater at a time. The first movie is called Head Game. A group of young people wake up in a warehouse with cameras screwed into their heads. Screwed INTO their heads, you heard that right. They are competitors in a game where they must murder each other if they wish to survive. This is available on what's called BDR, which is recordable Blu-ray. And the movie can be played on most modern Blu-ray players except for an Xbox One because why the f not? Why not? This movie is already available. Next up is Days of Power. On their 2010 tour, an international pop star and bandmates mysteriously disappear. As past and present merge, they find themselves searching for answers and fighting for more than just their own lives when a concealed industry is revealed. Obviously, I haven't watched the trailers for this just because I would give a synopsis which isn't so f***ing stupid. They're fighting for more than just their lives when a concealed industry is revealed. What the f- does that mean? O- okay, I know what it means, but why the f**k would you put that in your premise? What kind of stupid bullshit is that? This movie is also already available on Blu-ray. Next up is a movie called Operation Red Sea. It is a Chinese movie. PLA, Navy Marine Corps, launches a hostage rescue operation in Iwea and undergo a fierce battle with rebellions and terrorism. And finally, a movie called The Chamber. A three-man special ops team is on a secret recovery mission. They, along with a civilian pilot, become trapped underwater in a small, claustrophobic submersible off the coast of North Korea. Yeah, so four movies that sound like they should be skipped by everyone. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I just mentioned it in case, you know, you're like, oh, Days of Power. Yeah, pop stars and concealed industries. That's my jam. Well, let's get into something I do know about. And that's the actual movies of the week. And the first movie is called Survivor's Guide to Prison. This is a documentary about going to prison and how to survive once inside. The United States has the highest incarceration rate in the world, so this movie was made to help people survive. This film is narrated by Susan Sarandon and features interviews with Patricia Arquette, Danny Trejo, Ice-T, Cynthia Nixon, Danny Glover, Quincy Jones, Riza, Busta Rhymes, Macklemore, Russell Simmons, and more, including prison inmates, former inmates, prison guards, cops, lawyers, and anyone involved in the system. And wow, um, I've never been to prison. I have, uh, I've had a lot of tickets in my life, but that's probably the worst I've done. Okay, well, okay, one of the worst things I've done, you will hear about on the Watch Your Mouth podcast when they do their episode, when they Talk about answers to their questions because they did an episode on getting into deep. Shit. But anyway, um, prison is this terrifying land of murder, rape and fighting to survive. And it's nowhere I want to go. Of course, we all should know that there are different levels of prison. I, I knew a guy who was in jail and it was basically a fancy summer camp where you could never leave. Not never leave, but you couldn't leave until your time was up. But from what he told me, it was just it was just camp. And then my uncle used to be a teacher in a prison. He taught math, and it was hell. It was utter hell, even for him. But this movie is just going to assume that, oh, you're going to the really shitty prison. Like the, you're going to get shanked, someone's going to die prison. And this movie is going to give you first-hand accounts, it's going to tell you, basically give you tips, like what to do, what not to do, when someone's lying to you, when you should ask for a lawyer, all this this great stuff, that hopefully none of us will ever actually need. But should we need it, here's this movie. I mean, it is sad that we live in a country with the highest incarceration rate in the world. We seem to think in this country that that's the answer to everything. Let's not try and reform someone, let's just throw them behind bars them when they get out, even though they'll probably commit another crime again get thrown back in, but oh, we'll deal with that then. Why try and prevent it from happening? Why try and stop the cycle, right? Well, no matter what your belief on it is, if you agree with me or if you think prison is great and only people who deserve it go, no matter your stance, this could be an interesting documentary to watch. But then again, nothing to watch in theaters. If you have have any inclination to watch this, you should watch it at home. The Survivor's Guide to Prison. Gets a 5.5 out of 11. All right folks next up we have a movie from France. Yay France. Remember remember my stance on France. They either give us something that's amazing and looks great or they give us s***. Let's see which one this is. The next movie on the list is called Hannah. This is an intimate portrait, with sarcastic air quotes, of a woman drifting between reality and denial when she is left alone to grapple with the consequences of her husband's imprisonment. This stars some important French woman, and that's really about it. French movies are about 50-50 for me. Out of the ones I actually end up seeing, 50%, I really like them, I think they're amazing, 50%, they are utter sh**. But the one thing that never changes is that the French can't make trailers. All the trailers they put out look like artsy bullshit like this whole f-ing trailer was just this old woman staring all sad out a window and then baking a cake and then going to visit her husband in prison and then staring at a stain on the wall and then swimming all the while looking sad and and while I don't want a trailer to tell us everything I don't want to spoil a whole movie I wanted to tell me something something more than this old woman is sad so French people Ask more from your movie-making community. Ask them to learn how to make a trailer. But the one thing I can tell about this movie is that it's going to be sad and dramatic, and there are just going to be a lot of scenes of this woman looking sad and dramatic. This feels like an artsy movie through and through, and one that's going to try way, way too hard. It looks like it's going to be boring and pretentious. Hannah gets a 3 out of 11. If you want to watch a better movie... Or at least a more interesting one, if not per se better. Watch the other Hannah movie from 2011 with Saoirse Ronan and Eric Bana and Kate Blanchett. That one was better. Well, again, well, at least more entertaining. Next up on the show is a movie called Half Magic. Three women come together through their frustration over male dominance and explore female empowerment through sex, work, and friendship. This stars Heather Graham from The Hangover and Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine look, I'm going to be honest with you. If you want to see a movie about female empowerment, if you want to see a movie with feminist themes, don't f***ing watch this movie. It looks like utter garbage. I did a simple Google search. Simple Google search, and there's this website called The Bustle that I've never heard of, and there are actually a million other websites that listed better movies, much better movies if you want to watch a feminist-themed movie. This movie felt like forced contrived bullshit, And I'm very disappointed that this was written and directed by Heather Graham. I expected more from her. I did. I really did. Not this straight to video 90s feeling comedy. Three women sitting on a couch together holding candles going, we need to be with men who treat us nice. The men we deserve. Oh, f***ing good for you. Good job. But why not make an interesting movie about this too and not just some pandering bullshit? Hmm? I was embarrassed watching this trailer. Truly embarrassed. If my mother had happened to wander through the door, I would rather be watching porn. That would be less embarrassing. Every joke felt forced. Every minute in the trailer, these women tried to come together and support each other felt. Fake. Here, I'm just I'm just gonna list a couple better movies if you want to watch a movie with feminist themes, and we're just gonna you know I'm just gonna pick some off the list from this website called The Bustle or Bustle or whatever whatever the f- it is. Thelma and Louise. 9 to 5, Aaron Brockovich, The Color Purple, If These Walls Could Talk, The Stepford Wives, Whale Rider, North Country, Clueless, Real Women Have Curves, Alien, The Joy Luck Club, Legally Blonde, do you see there are better movies out there that have already been done, not this unfunny bullshit? There is nothing good I can say about this shitty movie and Heather Graham should frankly be embarrassed. Let's just guess. Just guess what my score is. That's right. Half Magic gets a 1 out of 11. Next up on the list is a movie called The Lodgers. Twins Rachel and Edward live in a haunted estate. They must follow three rules set by the sinister presence. They must be in bed by midnight. They must never let a stranger in. And they must stay by each other at all times. When Rachel meets Sean, a troubled veteran she begins to break the rules, and her brother wants to stop her. This is an Irish film that stars Charlotte Vega, who's a Spanish actor who was most recently in American Assassin, And also stars Eugene Simon from Game of Thrones. This is going to be one of those horrors that's trying to be different. And it's trying to be so different that it doesn't really feel like a horror. It tries to classify itself on one. But remember, folks, to be a horror, it it has to be a thriller that focuses primarily on fear or terror. And this movie, this trailer, didn't make me feel that it was going to be that kind of movie. So this is going to be a period piece, a period drama thriller with elements of horror in it. It looks like it will have some scary scenes, but most of it, it's just going to be a thriller drama. This kind of looks like if Crimson Peak... And the woman in black had a really weird baby. This looks like it has promise. This could be very good, but the trailer doesn't give me enough to warrant a recommendation from me. This tells me just enough that I think it has promise. It tells me just enough that I will put this on my to-be-watched list. But it doesn't show me enough to see it in theaters, and it doesn't show me enough to give it a higher score. It looks spooky at times, which is cool, but it doesn't look like the type of horror I like, i.e. not a horror. A lot in modern cinema, we're seeing a lot of this, a lot of movies being miscategorized as a horror. And I don't know if that's just for a selling factor, or if it's because people just don't really care anymore to make the distinction. Well, I care. I care enough to make the distinction. But lucky for them, that distinction does not Alter my score. The Lodgers gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up this week is actually a movie I forgot to mention during the straight-to-VOD thing, so I'm going to mention it really quick right here. A movie called Death House during an exclusive tour. A power breakdown inside a secret prison known as the Death House sends two agents fighting through a labyrinth of horrors while being pursued by a ruthless army. I just watched a trailer for this just for shiggles, and it looks like... Straight to VOD crap. It looks like someone went to Best Buy, bought a camcorder, and made the movie with it. That's the type of quality. But it does have some royalty in it. has Dee Wallace from Critters, E.T., and Cujo. It has Jason Voorhees himself, Kane Hodder. Captain Spaulding, Sid Haig, is in it. And the Candyman, Tony Todd, as well. So it's a veritable pantheon of who's who of the horror world, but it still looks like... And folks, the final movie before the break is one that almost made it to the Straight to VOD section because I couldn't find any showtimes for it, but I have a feeling it is getting a release, just my Google Foo is failing me. I just have that feeling, so I'm going to talk briefly about Seven Guardians of the Tomb. A group of explorers find a tomb in China from 200 BC. Along with it, they find what could be the key to eternal life, but with it. The most dangerous spiders they've ever seen. The synopsis claims that the bad guy is a mummy from 2,000 years ago. A 2,000 year old nightmare. But nowhere in the trailer does it even hint there's a mummy. The only thing you see in the trailer are these people running through this old Chinese tomb. Running from these spiders that are super murderous or some sh**. This looks like a really cheesy movie. This looks like the kind of movie that I don't even think you would watch for fun. I think you may see it. You may go, okay, let let me check this out a little bit. Watch a little and then go, oh, well, this is complete sh** and skip it. This stars Kelsey Grammer, Kellen Lutz, and Bing Bing Lee. And wow, how the mighty Kelsey Grammer has fallen. This looks like utter sh** that I don't think should be watched by anyone, and that's why I'm keeping this so short. Guardians of the Tomb gets a 2 out of 11. Well, my future fans, that is it for the first half of the movies. Let us go into our final break where you hear a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle and the Watch Your Mouth Podcast. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on Nerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's
1: Nerds in the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling?
0: You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com.
1: There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall, filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know
0: exactly what I need. I get in there and I'm like, Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. did I even come here for?
1: With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction.
0: The motherfucker's a mouth breather.
1: Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** how the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, f- 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 that f- f- d- f- a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth.
0: And welcome back, everyone. Next up, On the list for this week, we have a movie that I've talked about a couple weeks ago. And uh, I, I talked about the trailer. I didn't actually talk about the movie. But now it's time for the movie. That film is called The Cured. The zombie disease has been cured. Any zombies that weren't killed have been turned back into humans. The former zombies are discriminated against and hated by society and even their own families. Everyone wonders, are they really cured? And is the zombie threat truly gone? The stars Ellen Page from Inception and Sam Keeley from Burnt. So if you were wondering what it would be like if some sort of super indie company got a hold of a script about zombies, what it would be like. This looks like it. But this doesn't look like the lowercase i indie where I use it as a slur, as a bad thing. This movie actually looks like it has an interesting idea. We always see movies about the zombie apocalypse. We rarely see about what happens after. And we rarely... I'm not sure ever have seen a movie about it being truly cured. Of course, that's a question in this film. Was it truly cured? And this is also kind of a heavy handed allegory about how we treat people and how we view people from the Middle East. Like they may not have committed any terrorist attacks, but people from their country sure did. That kind of thing. Like this person who is a cured zombie. Maybe they didn't kill your friend. But they could have, or one of their kind did. So even though this looks like a movie that has a lesson forced in your face, it looks like that could also be ignored if you want and just watch a good movie. While I do agree with the overall premise of, hey, maybe not judge everyone by the actions of the group they come from, that's cool, but when I'm watching a movie, I don't want it shoved down my throat So far that I couldn't pick it up naturally because you wouldn't let me or they wouldn't let me. This movie looks okay, and I I tend to like Ellen Page. She she can be very hit or miss because she she chooses really weird things, like Tallulah. I really liked Tallulah, though I really wasn't prepared to because I thought it was just going to be a cringe fest. is a lot better than I thought. But ever since she made it big and then kind of fell back into obscurity, she's picked movies that have been amazing and movies that have been like, what the f*** are you doing? I don't know which one this is. I really can't tell. I think this may look good, but again, guess what? Guess what I'm going to say? Don't f***ing watch this in theaters unless you have some hardcore boner going on for an indie movie about a zombie apocalypse. And even then, the aftermath of the zombie apocalypse. Though the movie kind of, or the trailer that is, kind of hints that, ooh, maybe they'll turn again. I really doubt it. Or if they do turn again, it'll probably be a lesson going, oh, look, you were mean to these people. And because you were mean, something about that caused them to change again. So, oh, you are doing this. You're perpetuating this cycle of violence for being uh, discriminating. So if the zombies or former zombies turn back into it, I think that's a lesson they're going to go for. It's a little obvious and on the nose, but so is the whole movie. The Cured gets a 5 out of 11. Next up on the list is a movie called Every Day. A shy teenage girl falls in love with a person who wakes up in a new body every day. This stars Angori Rice from Nice Guys, Lucas Jade Luzman from Sinister 2, and Justice Smith from Paper Towns. And you know Yeah, I'm down. I am intrigued. I like this idea. This is based off a YA book by an author named David Levithan. And I really like the fact that we're seeing more movies based off YA books because the fact is, as a genre, it has grown a lot. We're seeing better and better movies made. It's just not the movies like Hunger Games and Maze Runner and Twilight that are being turned into movies. It's ones that are truly Interesting ideas and truly good books too. I mean, it started a while back with the Stephen chomsky books, and now we're seeing more things like *Simon Versus the Homo Sapien Agenda*, which is coming out later this this month or next month, I believe. That looks really good, and this one looks just as good. What what a unique idea! The main character is someone who every day wakes up in someone else's body, and they can access this person's memories just enough to get by, just enough to do whatever it is that person does. And it's always someone of the same age. So as this person who doesn't really have their own body ages, so does the age of the person they take over. Well, one day this person meets this young girl, or, you know, a girl his age, his or her, There meets someone their age and falls for her. And then so every day, or as often as he or she can, A, who's the name of this person, this is they, A finds her and they form a relationship. And I already know there is no way this can end well. There's no way this is going to end well. And if it does end well, then it was either this kind of melancholy, it it has hope for the future but not the ending you really wanted sort of situation, or it's going to be total deus ex machina bullshit where someone goes, oh, I know of this, this is actually... Some weird phenomenon. I have this spare body laying around. Let's throw you into this. Other than that, it's not going to end well. It's going to end with this woman or this young girl realizing she can't be with this person because it... it how can you spend the rest of your life with a new person every single day and let's say they wanted to bang could they bang is it right for a to bang her while in someone else's body what if like that person doesn't want it or is it okay because that person is not there that day that person's kind of checked out and then a is in charge does that make it okay now we're getting into really philosophical questions here like would it be okay If someone else used your body for it, if you had no clue, but not in some creepy, illegal, they're going to drug you situation. But, oh, this person, this supernatural thing has taken over your body for a day. And can you see how weird this could possibly get? But the fact that this is a YA novel, I don't think it's going to get that weird. I think this is going to focus on the fact that can you have a relationship with someone who could be or will be a new person the next day? And that is why I really want to see this. Even though it's not my pick of the week, this could be the movie I see. I don't know. But when I do my pick of the week, I do it one part what I want to see and another part what would be the most fun for everyone else and something I would like to see as well. So there's a lot more than just the thing I want to see the most going into the pick of the week because sometimes the movie I want to see the most I don't think anyone else would want to see. Like, if one day they released a Stargate SG-1 movie that was going to hit theaters, I'm not sure if that would be the pick of the week, just because I would love to see it. Many of you have probably never seen the show, so I wouldn't recommend it to you. So, while I'm really excited for this, it's still not the pick of the week. But it looks really good, and I think you should consider giving it a shot. Every day gets an 8.5 out of 11. Well, that is it for that movie. Let's jump into the next movie, which is a film called Beast of Burden. Sean's wife is sick, and a drug cartel offers him an answer. If he runs drugs from them, he can get the money to save her. But also, the DEA has an answer. If he spies for them and gives them information, his wife will get the surgery. But everything changes when the cartel kidnaps her, and Sean must do all he can to get her back alive. This stars Daniel Radcliffe from David Copperfield, the TV miniseries, Grace Grummer from Mr. Robot, Pablo Schreiber from Orange is the New Black, and Robert Wisden from Ballers. And yeah, okay, Daniel Radcliffe, I believe you. You are not Harry Potter anymore. You have strayed quite far and done your best to show us. But also, while doing that, you have made some really good movies. You have made some really good choices. This looks like one of those choices. This looks like a good and intense movie. This looks like a really good thriller This looks dark, it looks exciting, from the looks of the trailer, we'll be questioning who to trust the whole time, and will we agree with the choices that Daniel Radcliffe makes? Because his only goal is his wife and getting her safe, getting her healthy, and getting her back. He doesn't care about doing the right thing, he was just working with whoever can get her the surgery or the medical help she needs, be it the cartel, be it the DEA, whoever. But now that she's been kidnapped, everything changes, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I want to see this movie, and if you don't like my pick of the week, then maybe this is the movie you see. Maybe the next movie's the one you see. But this is a movie that could have been pick of the week worthy if my pick didn't beat the other two movies out. This is pick worthy, but not the pick. Beast of Burden gets an 8 out of 11. And ladies and gentlemen, we have two movies left, and only one movie can be the pick of the week. And the movie that's not the pick of the week is called Game Night. A group of friends meet regularly for a game night. One night, one of the friends says he has an unconventional game. People then break in and kidnap him, and his friend thinks it's all part of the game. But it's not. This stars Jason Bateman from Arrested Development, Rachel McAdams from Mean Girls, Jesse Plemons and Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights, Michael C. Hall from Dexter, and Chelsea Peretti from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And you know, I'm going to be honest, when the first trailer came out, I was just, eh, that's how I really felt. And the second trailer dropped, and I got on board. I'm like, this looks funny, the trailer made me laugh. I really, really want to see this, but the next movie is one I'm just a little more excited for. This has actually been a really good week for movies. There's been a lot of crap, mind you, and a lot of movies going straight to video on demand. But the second half of the show all had movies that I'll watch, movies that are on my to-be-watched list. But only one movie, of course, can be the pick. Game Night came close. It really did. I love comedies. I love laughing. And this had a lot going for it. It had a great cast, even though... After starting to watch Ozark, it's hard to imagine Jason Bateman as anything other than this criminal who launders m- drug money. But yes, a great cast, a funny cast, and a interesting story. A very interesting story. It's not 100% unique, but it's different enough that it doesn't feel like it's a straight-up copy of something that came before. We have actors in it that have fantastic comedic timing. Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams are amazing. Michael C. Hall is great. Uh, Kyle Chandler, not too familiar with his comedy, but he's good. Jesse Plemons, Chelsea Peretti are great. This movie is in good hands, and I think this is going to be a wonderful movie to watch, something to watch at home, on your couch, holding your sides with laughter. Or guess what? If you don't like the next movie I'm talking about, this could be what you watch. Maybe this week you feel like a comedy. Well then, folks, this is the movie for you. Game Night gets an 8.5 out of 11. All right, future fans, it is time for the pick of the week. And if you've been paying attention, you know what that movie is. And hell, maybe you even guessed it before the show even started. The pick of the week is called Annihilation. Lena's husband gets critically injured on a mission. She, being a former military biologist, signs on to investigate Area X, or what's being called the Shimmer. On the other side of the glistening wall, the team finds that the landscape and everything in it has been evolving in ways no one thought possible. Lena and her team must find out what's going on and get out alive. This stars Natalie Portman from Heat, Jennifer Jason Lee from Atypical, Tessa Thompson from Thor Ragnarok, Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin, Oscar Isaac from Star Wars The Force Awakens, and Benedict Wong from Doctor Strange. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first in what could be a new trilogy. Though it's too early to tell if the other two will be turned into movies or not, this book, Annihilation, is the first in the Southern Reach trilogy by author Jeff Vandermeer. This was adapted to the screen and directed by Alex Garland, who was the writer for Ex Machina, Dread, Sunshine, 28 Days Later. He directed Ex Machina as well, and he produced Dread and 28 Weeks Later. I think I got that right. So so he wrote 28 days later and he produced 28 weeks later. So it's safe to say that this guy knows what he's doing. And actually, as a total coincidence, what we have here is a better movie if you're looking for something to watch to celebrate women and feminism, because we have a team of badass women going into this dangerous zone and hopefully surviving where the men couldn't what we have here is an action or i'm sorry an adventure drama that has wonderful aspects of fantasy and science fiction in it as well kind of like ex machina this movie seems like a perfect one for someone who really isn't into genre movies so people like us like you and me who don't mind genre movies and in fact may even like them can watch this and enjoy it and people who normally have their noses turned up into the air can watch this too and like it as well. And finally, we may have another movie that both critics and normal human beings can agree on, because this is already getting a meta score of 86. And get this, the festering anal warts over at Rotten Tomatoes give it a 90%. And those assholes don't like anything. So if anything is going to tell you that this is going to be a good movie, it's a fact that both critics And real human beings agree, which rarely happens, but when it does, it's really good. If you watch a trailer, I hope it's really obvious why this made it as my pick of the week. Even though I think Game Night's going to be fun, even though I think Beast of Burden, Every Day, The Cured, even though I think those are going to be good. I hope it's obvious why this one made it as my pick. This has everything going for it. It has a very interesting idea. It has a really good cast. It looks like it's well done and has a reliable director and writer at the helm. Well, at least script writer. As far as the books go, it looks like they get mediocre reviews from people and that's both critics and actual human beings. So maybe this could be a case of a movie being better than the book. It happens. I haven't read the full Maze Runner series, but the movies, as far as people I've talked to that have read the books, the movies have been better. And I just sat here for a while, talking it out with Anne, trying to figure out what else fit in that category, but the only things that can come to my mind are Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, which isn't a very popular movie, nor is it a very popular book, but the book, in my opinion, was terrible. Like, it it was very similar up until the end where the movie actually had a good ending, where the book made me almost throw it across the room. I was so angry. And the only other one I could think of, I mean, we we looked up lists online, and the problem is I haven't both watched the movie and read the book for a lot of these, but the only other one I can say for certain where the movie was better than the book, and I am prepared to get hate for this because I will debate this and argue my point until the day I die, is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I I liked the first book. The next two books were trash. Okay, not trash. They were just boring. It was like, I, I get it. If I want to read a history book, I will take a history class. Don't shove your goddamn books so full of this textbook-worthy sh**. And that's why I think that Lord of the Rings, the movies, were better because it had some history enough to get you through it, and then it got to the good stuff. But of course, I haven't read Annihilation, so only based on the reviews for both the book and the movie, it seems like the movie is being better received. Either way, this show is called Future Flicks, not Future Flipping Pages. And I know that was a stretch, uh, but blame Anne for that one, because I couldn't come up with another F word that meant books. Alliteration, everyone. It's important. But this is a movie I'm excited for. This is going to be one of the next movies I see. I actually might see Winchester because I ended up missing that one or almost missing it. I think it's still in theaters. I'm going to try and watch that one next and then Annihilation, which will be out for a while. But hopefully all of you will see why this is my pick of the week. And hopefully a bunch of you will give it a shot. This looks like a fun movie. It looks like it's going to be fun and good because so often, so many times, it looks like I have to make the choice. What am I going to have be my pick? The good movie or the fun movie? And let's be honest, most of us would rather go to the theaters to see a fun movie because you can watch a good movie at home and it'll be just as good, while sometimes what makes a movie fun is what the theater can bring you. This one looks like it will be fun, as in visually pleasing and pretty to look at, and good. And I believe that this should be everyone's pick of the week. Annihilation gets a 10 out of 11. All right, everyone. With that, it is time to jump into the question of the week. But before we go over what's going to be next week's question, we have some answers. As you may remember, I didn't do a question of the week last week because I couldn't think of one. But we still got answers, and you know how I always say, answer it anytime and I will talk about it. Well, our good friend Herc, that's somewhat nerdy's very own Herc, answered, and he's answered seven of the previous questions. Let's start with episode 70, where we talked about Christmas movies. That was a question of the week. What is your favorite Christmas movie? And he says, top Christmas movie. I have to watch Die Hard. The Die Hard series every Christmas or it just doesn't feel like the holidays. You know what? That, that is a great answer. It, it actually doesn't get better than that. Because that it really is a sign that the holidays are here. Of course, Die Hard is one of the series I can watch year-round. I really can. I can pop it in any time. But there's something special about watching it around Christmas time. He answers Episode 71's question. Best movie of 2017. He says, Thor Ragnarok. It was a great movie in general, but when you combine action and comedy, you'll get my vote every time. And I, even though that wasn't my best movie of 2017, I whole heartedly agree with you. It was really funny. It was really enjoyable. So much so that I saw it twice in a row and I loved it. Even the second time, it was just as enjoyable as the first. He answers a question from episode 73, most anticipated 2018 movie. He says, Deadpool 2. Can't get enough Captain Deadpool and the Inara Sarah. Today I learned that Inara has a last name. I I actually never knew that. Herc goes on to answer the question from episode 74 about historical events. What movie would you like to see a historical event made out of? He says, Well, you're not going to find this one in the books, and I think that it's a crying shame due to the effort it took and the impact it had on the area. He goes on to say, I would like to see a movie about the struggles it took to put up the wall dividing Siddhar City and the rest of Baghdad. As a military person and someone who patrolled said wall, I think the men and women that fought to build it need recognition. It gets touched on briefly at the end of American Sniper, but I think it needs more. And that's a really good answer. I knew nothing about that. And of course, thank you for your service. I think there's a lot more that does need light shined on it. I think there's a lot more that we need to acknowledge. We need to acknowledge the good because we or at least modern hollywood seems scared of acknowledging that anything positive could have come from that time and i think there is a lot of good that was done it's just that we never got to see it because it's only the bad stuff that sells news that sells ad space that sells in general he then goes on to answer one and done movies these are about movies that you saw once and never watched again because it was terrible he said, man, this is a hard one for me because I will watch some stupid ass movies more than once. And yeah, I, I know exactly what that's like, man. I'm just going to stay current with the podcast family and say meet the feebles. Now, I personally haven't had the balls to step up to the meet the feebles challenge, but I am going to trust in the somewhat nerdy podcast opinion and steer clear. And um, I am going to call you out and I'm going to personally challenge you to meet the Feebles. I think that you are you are one of the family. You need to watch this. You need to be, I don't want to say punished, because you don't need to be punished. You're a really nice guy. I, I loved meeting you and hanging out with you. But you need to, it's, it's just a rite of passage, man. You just got to do it. So meet the Feebles, Herc. Come on. All right, episode 77, actors or actresses you always watch. Definitely Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, good choice. Ryan Reynolds and Bruce Willis to other good choices though bruce willis now is becoming more of a straight to vod actor which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's just harder and harder to catch his movies there are even some that i miss that slipped through my oh so nimble fingers when it comes to talking about movies but those are good choices and finally he answered the question from episode 78 super bowl trailers he says well i'm really weird when it comes to trailers i will only watch one trailer per movie especially if i'm planning on watching it been scorned too many times by trailers that give everything away i know exactly what you're talking about on that out of the movies i had trailers i would have to it would have to be avengers infinity war good choice. And those are some great answers. And it was worth the wait. I actually thank you. Thank you very much for answering and being a wonderful example to all the other listeners. It is never too late to answer the question of the week. I love to hear from all of you. And I love hearing from the people I do hear from. I love hearing from Brian Q, from Matt or Frat Matt and from Herc and the times at the Other somewhat nerdy radio and watch-your-mouth people answer. I love hearing that, too. And that brings me to the question of the week. And we've had a a theme, a kind of a theme of feminism this episode, just because I was so disappointed with the quote-unquote feminist movie, and I wanted to have other options out there to show you movies that you should be watching instead if you want to watch one. So let's have this be the question of the week. Who is your favorite actress of all time? And if it's different, who is your favorite current actress? Some of you may just have one answer, because maybe your favorite actress of all time is still going. Or of course, maybe you say, oh, Lauren Bacall, but I also love Meryl Streep. Maybe you'll have two answers. So to reiterate, who is your favorite current actress and your favorite actress of all time? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for episode 80 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Let's wrap this up. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play and any podcast listening app, as well as the somewhat nerdy website at somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would personally love five stars, or a like, or share the podcast. That is how we grow. Tell your friends, spread the word, and leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what you think I need to improve on, and how do you reach me? That You want to answer the question of the week, right? You want to. Talk about a story or a trailer I may have missed or you want to just talk. Hit me up. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud or the website or the somewhat nerdy Facebook page. You can hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN and Instagram at S W N there as well. You can email me at reviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And don't forget to check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, good old friends of the show. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, No matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.